Hey friends, welcome to the show. My name is Rebecca. I'm your host, Christian speaker, life coach, and formerly single gal who got married at age 39. This is a show and a community that is dedicated to encouraging you and helping you live this part of your life to the fullest because God has not messed up on you or your life. We have very intentional, very real, very fun conversations here. Welcome to the show. Let's dive in. Well, welcome to the show today, everybody. Um, we have a fantastic guest lined up, one that most of you know. Um, this episode is going to be going on both of my podcasts. Alyssa is back, and she is somebody who I did an episode with on the Coffee Conversation and Coaching podcast last year. I think it's been a whole year. Um, and we just did a coaching session kind of about some of her feelings and struggles around singleness one of my most listened to episodes and also honestly, the motivation I would say for the whole not alone podcast, kind of the whole not alone group that has, that has been birthed out of that because so many people just reached out and loved her honesty and her vulnerability, how the things that she shared so many people could relate to. And so it's a year later, we're going to get like an update from her. And this is not a coaching session. This is really just me and her talking about what the Lord has done and where she's at now and some of the things that she's learned. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. Happy to be back. Yeah. Well, tell, um, remind my audience just maybe like your age, where you're at, maybe even a quick update of what's changed in your life in the last year. Yeah. Um, so I am 30 years old. Um, when I was on the podcast the last time I was living in Boise, um, and I was in a time of life where all of my friends, uh, pretty much had gotten married within about a year and a half span. And yeah. I was kind of the only single one left and was just really struggling with that. Um, and so, yeah, I think I did that podcast in November ish, December. And, um, I went home for Christmas. I'm from a small town in Wyoming and I went home for Christmas. And then after went back to Boise and just felt the Lord was saying, you can, it's time to go back home. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted to go back to Wyoming since I moved to Boise, but was very happy in Boise. Mm -hmm. And, um, had a great job and had a great community. And there was a couple of opportunities where I could have left and I really felt like I shouldn't leave. I was, I was very invested in my community and was like, I can't imagine leaving this community. And then all of a sudden I just felt like the Lord said, yeah, it's, I think it's time to go. Mm. Um, and it was really hard, um, to say goodbye to all those people. Um, but I have, so I moved back to Wyoming last April, Okay. So coming up almost on a year ish okay. mm -hmm. and it has been the best. Um, Yay. I live, um, behind my parents' house. Uh, -huh. uh we jokingly call our property, the compound, um, <laughs> because my parents live in the house that, um, I did a majority of my growing up in, yeah. and then my grandma lives in the basement apartment of that house. Uh -huh. I live in a two bedroom apartment in the shop behind the house. Uh -huh. And then my brother has a plot of land 
like in front of my parents' house with his three kids. Okay. Um, so we are all like within uh, a, 150 yeah. steps mm-hmm. of each other. Mm-hmm. And that might freak some people out. I know some of my friends are like, I don't know how you do it, but it's the best. Mm-hmm. I walk to my parents' house and have dinner with my parents and my grandma almost every night. Yeah. And I think like being single, like that was a big thing that I missed was just yeah eating with people and like kind of debriefing your day. Um, And so it's just been a huge blessing so far moving back. I'm so glad to hear that. And I, let's talk about that for a second because Mm -hmm. I too moved. um, I moved away all the way across the country when I was 25 and lived, you know, thousands of miles away from my family until I was 30. And then I moved back and I had a lot of weird feelings about the moving back and like, you know, just well, is this failure? Should I be moving back? I thought I was leaving the big dating pool because I was working at, um, Liberty university at the time, which is like thousands of Christian men. And then I was going to move back to like liberal central California where I'm like, I'm never going to meet a man. Um, and yet I remember having that same experience, like so glad that I moved away and how much that changed me and matured me and how much I needed to do it and how I came home a different person and a more kind of like grown up woman, (laughs) but mm-hmm. also so glad to be back around my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like what were your maybe thoughts or feelings when you were moving back and just how, how have you gotten to the point now where you're like, I don't really care what society thinks. Like I'm happy to be living in my community, like my family community again. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feared the, uh, going to a much smaller dating pool, moving yeah. from Boise to like a 6,000 person town where it just seems like most people are either already married or like retired. Um, (laughs) And so none uh, of those are good options. (laughs) I know there was definitely, there's, there was fear in that, but I think just like the desire to be around family and like have that comfort. Yeah. Like was greater than the fear of like not meeting a man here. And um, I think it's been so nice because as a single person, you are living your daily life just with yourself. Like you are responsible for your emotional health, like your mental health, just like things to do around the house, cooking, cleaning, like running errands, finances, going to church, yeah, yeah. all of that stuff. You're just kind of doing it alone and there was part of me being like, oh, I'm 30 and I'm moving back home. Like, is that weird? But pretty quickly I was like, no, because all my married friends get this support from their spouse. And like, why should I not reach out to my family and get that support? And so even like from the move, like Mm -hmm. my dad, he just took control and like figured out all the U-Haul stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to let him do that for me. And they like, figured it all out and like I now being home I usually ride with them to church every week which is really Mm -hmm. nice I always have someone to sit next to um there's just like projects around the house where in Boise I'd be like okay let's see who which one of my friends has a pickup truck and which one of them is going to be available on a Saturday and um to help me with this project and I would usually just end up doing it by myself and now like 
it's so fun to be like, dad, I have this idea. And he'll be like, all right, let's do it. And he usually elevates it like by (laughs) three times, which is so funny. And sometimes I have to bring him back down, but like just being able to do projects with my parents and my family again is so nice. And just like really has been really good for my soul. I love that you're embracing that. I mean, I think that's a real rub against what a lot of women think as far as like, oh, but I have to be my own adult or I have to be, you know, Mm -hmm. um, independent or strong or whatever. Um, And yet what you just said is so true. Like, why not tap into my resources and the help around me? Because married people get this kind of help all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you, this wasn't even on like our little notes of things to talk about, but I just, I love this vein that we're (laughs) chasing Mm -hmm. now. So what do you think the difference is between where you're at now? Like I'm allowing people to help me because it's a lot to be a single person. Mm-hmm. In fact, I heard somebody the other day, a single woman the other day say about her single life. It's not that any one thing is too hard. It's that I have to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of to the point where you're like, but if there's people around, if God has put people in my life to help me and to, you know, mm-hmm. offer me support, I'm going to take it. Yeah. What do you think the difference is between that and maybe almost like a child? Because some people can feel like, well, I'm just a child because everybody has to help me with everything and I'm not my own person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I don't think you feel that way. I mean, I don't think you feel that instinct of like, stop everybody treating me like a kid. Instead, you're like, I'm a full grown woman, but yeah, I want your help, dad. Yeah. (laughs) Where do you think that came from or what is the difference? Yeah. I I don't, I think maybe it was like during my move when I had the realization of like, Mm. kind of like what I said, where my friends are getting that support Mm. from their spouses Mm -hmm. and it was it was pretty instantaneous of just like yeah I sweet have parents that and and my parents want to help they like lead with saying we want to be here and support you Mm -hmm. um and so I feel like I'm just really comfortable with asking them for help I will say when I was single in Boise I did not ask for help in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um but I I just have a really good relationship with my parents where it just feels really easy to ask for their help. And they are very willing, especially now that they're retired. My dad's like, what do you want? I'll do whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that. I love that you're, you've learned to ask for help and not kind of take it. I don't know, personally or something, because that's true. That is true about marriage too. I mean, being married now, you still have to let that person help you carry the load and you have to let Mm -hmm. that person kind of in. And that is a skill that I think Americans in general are really terrible at. We're just Mm -hmm. very isolated and very hyper-independent. But that's a really cool realization that God gave you. So what are some other realizations you've had in the last, (laughs) in the last year since we chatted, but before you jump into that, um, I think one of the things that stuck out to me big time in our last coaching session um, or in our coaching session, because this is not coaching, this is just chatting, but, um, you know, I remember just kind of validating some of your feelings. That's really all I did. 
you know, you, you were raw at that time. You were having a lot of sadness about kind of missing out and what it meant to be a single woman and all your friends were getting married. And I didn't do much except tell you that your feelings were, you know, legitimate. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm just curious how, you know, a year later that that's helped you or just, yeah, what the Lord has done with you since then. Yeah. Um, I think that helped, it helped so much just to have somebody say, yeah, I know how you're feeling. Um, and I can't remember if it was in that session or if it was one before, but I just remember you kind of being like, I don't know if this is going to be helpful, but like, there are just a lot of things in, in singleness that like, just really go away in marriage, like the loneliness aspect or like the support and, and like a really true, great, like God-centered marriage. Mm -hmm. And that, that felt so good for you to say that of just like, yeah, there are things that like, Mm -hmm. as a single woman, like you learned or like you were missing and then they were just there in marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cause I think a lot of married women can like either go in the direction of like, well, marriage is hard too. Um, yeah. and I, I'm just like, yeah, I, I get it. Like it's all hard, but like, but can we uh, like acknowledge that you do have something I don't have? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can you exactly. acknowledge that for me, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause yeah. I don't think a lot of women do that. And I think it's probably because they don't want to like make, I don't know, make me feel worse or whatever. And that's also probably coming from them not understanding the like really long wait in singleness. Cause like, and and I think, yeah. yeah, And I think them not understanding, um, what they actually have, because I think people who got married young and didn't have to endure singleness very long, uh, don't, don't actually know how comforting it is Mm -hmm. married or how much sort of societal status you get to be married. I mean, I am like acutely aware of the benefits of marriage because I didn't get married till I was 39. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, yeah, I think people who have just kind of had it are totally blind to it. Um, and anyway, yeah. So, okay. Keep going. I interrupted you. (laughs) Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And because I have, I've been single my whole life, except for like three months. I got my first boyfriend at 27. Well, it's funny. We like established we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And then two weeks later, I was like, no, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have even dated him for that long. Um, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think I've had many conversations with married women where, they have kind of said, I don't know how you're feeling um, because they did get married at Mm -hmm. 20, 21, 22, or Mm -hmm. there were a lot of my friends just had like pretty constant relationships. Like they were always talking to somebody. um, Mm -hmm. And like, I, I did the dating apps for a little bit and like, there's nothing wrong with them. I just never loved them. And just mm-hmm. never really went mm-hmm. very far with them. Um, and so I think like realizing as a 30 year old now getting older and older mm-hmm. um, and realizing as a 30 year old that a lot of women, married women don't 
understand that can feel kind of isolating, especially like, I feel like a lot of women in church are married. Mm-hmm. And so it can just feel isolating when doing things mm-hmm. in, the, in the church. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Like I, I remember avoiding things like Bible studies or even women's retreats. Cause I'm like, you're all going to be talking about your kids and your husbands. And I'm like a 30 year old or a 29 year old or 34 year old. And I'm going to be the lone single person there. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it feels like for you? Yeah. And I am currently in, I'm on the, um, ladies ministry team at my church. And, um, so it's, I don't know the last time they had probably a single woman on the ministry team. Yeah. I was going to say, good job. Be the change. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, but it's been, so we do as a team, we do a book study. I don't know. This is my first year. It's like a three-year term thing. And, um, so I don't know if they do one in the spring and the fall, but anyway, we're doing a book study together. Um, and the book is really good. Like it's talking about, um, creating a more intimate relationship with God through worship. And it's the, this woman, the author is talking about, um, how her journey in that, mm-hmm. um, which is really good. Mm-hmm. But my criticism is just that most of the examples that are used Mm-hmm. are have to do with being a wife and a mom right, and it's right. talking about like scheduling your time away from your kids and your husband to create this time right. of worship and and right. all of the women on the team are range from like raising elementary school kids to like being empty nesters so I really noticed it last week actually during our discussion time where everyone was just talking about their experiences with raising their kids and I just didn't say a whole word like the entire time Mm -hmm. and kind of was like a little tearful totally totally. and just like feeling like not that I was sad that I wasn't a wife and a mom in that moment but more that like they had this thread of relatability between them like they all had these experiences that they could say yes I went through that or like that is a really good point or whatever and yeah. I just didn't. And I felt like they like know each other yeah. and I'm just like on the outside and don't feel like I can relate to them and don't feel like they can necessarily relate to me. Yeah. And like, I know, and I'm sure the women that picked this book didn't even think about no, they didn't. that no. because they're, they're just used to having other married moms in the group right. and like right. they can relate to it. So it's a great book for them. So right. it's just been really interesting and trying to figure out like do I bring this up in the group or like (laughs) yeah and just being like I don't want to be like the sad single person of just be like I can't relate to this um but like probably a good idea just be like let's just think about this for our next book of not having that main theme do you remember when everybody was talking about their experiences or the do you remember what the spiritual point was of the lesson by any chance? Um, so I think the book is kind of broken up into a couple different sections. And so the first section is her telling us like how she kind of carved out time in her day to have this really intimate, like grow in her intimate relationship with the Lord through worship. Um, and so specifically last week, it was talking about like whether that is a 10 minutes 
um, in the morning, just like before your kids got up, or like there was some examples of women who would get a babysitter and they would go out for like a mm. couple of hours and like have this time and like carve out this time to be able to worship God without a lot of distractions. Mm. Can you imagine how much comfort it would have brought you or just how much it could bring in single women if she would have used an example like like all those things but also said something like and to our you know single friends out there or the unmarried or the the even the women without children like they tend to have more time and this is a gift or a blessing for them but they still have to be diligent because they could be distracted by tv or cleaning like it's still a choice even the single woman has to make though she has more time like can you imagine that would have been in the book yeah because like oh I almost like felt guilty because I was like I have like my time is my own right now yeah and like still having to like you said like I still have to be diligent in like yes this time is going to be like my quiet time but like yeah kind of feeling guilty almost of like I have so much time and like why like what's my excuse almost I think it's so obvious why why the church is full of married people because the sermons and the materials and the people who are leading are all married people and so Mm -hmm. the person like you or even the single man who wants to go to church it's like they sit in a men's bible study and they have the same experience which is Mm -hmm. i know this spiritual principle is for me but it's not being taught like it's for me it's being taught like it's literally for married people right and nobody's using me as an example And like you said, it's almost making me feel guilty because Mm -hmm. I have this time that they don't have when in the reality is, no, it's still really hard as a single person to choose time with God. Like it's Mm -hmm. still really hard to do that, but nobody's telling you that. So Mm -hmm. what do you think you're going to do about it? I mean, you're like on the leadership now at your church. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like we, it was nice because, um, we were talking at the beginning of the year about our women's activities and stuff. And even like my married friends, like I have a lot of married friends that don't enjoy crafting and, you know, which is like kind of the go-to women's event. Yeah. Um, And so I did um, get to like, talk about, okay, how can we like include, you know, women that don't enjoy all of these things um because I was like I love a good craft night but I have a lot of friends that don't and like they're self-conscious because they don't have that skill um yeah and so talking about like doing different kinds of activities um awesome so you you brought in just kind of a fresh perspective of what type of activities are we doing that's great yeah yeah and then and it's it's hard still because I am really the only single woman that is doing women's events. I don't really know of a lot of other single women in our church. Like I maybe know of like two, Mm -hmm. one or two, Mm -hmm. um, that are, that are like adults, like not Mm -hmm. teenagers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Let me just throw this thought out there. The more that someone like you is on the leadership team and thinking about single women, Mm -hmm. I bet more single women will gravitate towards your church because they'll just be a subconscious, like, Oh, there's a place for me here. There's some events that kind of appeal to me or some language that kind of appeals to me or a Bible study that appeals to me. 
even without being super intentional, like this is a singles group or a singles mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. There's just going to be a you there. And I guarantee you there are single women in your guys's community in that small town who are curious about church or who want to go to church or who want to be in a community of other women. And somebody has to pave the way. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, I'm thinking now of when we are done with this book talking about like, Hey, can we, the next time we do a book, can we make sure that it doesn't just focus on wives and mothers? And cause again, I don't think that they even realize yeah. that that is really the focus because it yeah. pertains so much to their life. And yeah. so, cause we, we usually do, um, the ladies ministry team does a book study and then we do, uh, one in the spring and the fall in the evenings for women's studies. And then they usually do one in the summer, like during the afternoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like kind of being conscious about yeah. that choice. Cause they're, I mean, I have a friend who is married with no kids. So she kind of still feels in the same boat when people right. start talking yeah. about their kids. kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just like kind of bringing that consciousness, like to yeah. the group, when we are picking our books and our Bible studies to go through. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. I mean, can you even imagine the waves it would cause if you were like, can we please pick a Bible study that was written by a single woman? Not, Honestly, like, not a Bible study about singleness. We're not yeah. asking married women to do a Bible study about singleness. That wouldn't make sense, but maybe something that was written by somebody who was single or somebody who doesn't have kids or somebody who maybe even has been through a divorce or something like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody just yeah. from a different perspective, the, the, the waves that would cause would be like, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then yeah. you've got to look around your church and understand that's maybe why your church isn't growing or maybe why there's a lot of people that you guys aren't reaching who really need the Lord in the community, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. well, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the way the Lord is using you. Thanks. Use your voice girl. But yeah, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times, uh, over the years that I just stopped going to women's events altogether because I was like, I can't just sit here and feel like I have to hold space for their marriage struggles and their children's struggles. And that literally I'm just there for that is what it felt like. I was just, it wasn't really feeding me at all. It wasn't, it didn't relate to my life at all. And I'm like, why am I going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, I have kind of said no to all women's retreats because I'm just like, I, yeah, like you said, I go and I listen to everyone's marriage and parenting things. And then I'm like, okay, right. Bye. Right. Cause what I, am I, I, drop liver? Yeah, yeah. Cause I, and then I feel like if I ever bring anything up on singleness, then it's kind of goes back to, well, marriage is hard too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just spent all this time listening to your problems saying, oh, that's so frustrating. Or I'm really sorry for that. <laughs> yeah. Now listen yeah. to mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think, I think maybe one of the reasons that people have liked me as a retreat speaker is just because I was single. I mean, it's like, I can only imagine because all I have to offer is the truth. You know, all I would do is what any other retreat speaker would do, which is I'm bringing you the truth, but I can't tell you how many women would come up to me, the single women there and say, just the fact that you're single, like that you're speaking Mm -hmm. at this retreat and you're single. Now we all know I'm married. I've been married a year and a half now, but 
I can even still have that testimony though. You know, I can go up there and, and speak and say, but to yeah. all the women in this group who are single, I was for 20 years mm -hmm. and it just, you know, it just brings something different to the group. Yeah. So, Cause it's like, it's, I cannot count how many times I've sat listening to a pastor or a speaker speaking specifically to wives and parents and then kind of commenting now single people don't tune out because you like either are going to be buried or like you should be there to support them and I'm like okay well what about me do I do I get any support or like I I've probably been had one pastor in my like whole time going to church like done he did like a two-part sermon on like singleness and then ah. relationships um and that was like my only time I've ever had someone like at a church that I'm going to that I didn't like seek out a specific sermon wow. talk about singleness um and Tell the married the people the time not to out. <laughs> yeah yeah and like the rest of the time it's always usually been like using examples from yeah. parenthood or marriage yeah. And we're not trying to bag on the married people here or the pastors or the women <laughs> ministry directors who got married young. I mean, blessings to you. We're really, really not. We're just, I want to push on people because this is not about us really at the end of the day, it's about mm -hmm. growing the kingdom. It's about reaching people. And we have to remember and acknowledge that 50% of the adult population is unmarried nowadays, mm -hmm. whether they've never been married or whether they've been divorced or something like that. But our job is to be building the kingdom and to being be being Christ to the world, not just to be sitting in our in our little groups and talking about how hard life is. We need that. We need mm -hmm. emotional support from people who get us. But the goal of the church, the goal of our lives as Christians is we have to be reaching people. And we're just, we're not going to be doing a good job at reaching people if we don't acknowledge what's really going on in the world, which is mm -hmm. a lot of these people are single. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Let's move on from this topic. Um mm -hmm. You recently told me, and I loved it, that you have this blind date rule. So we're totally changing yeah. topics now. Yeah. Um, that I remember when you told me, I was like, I wish I would have had that that rule, or or that somehow dating apps could have this rule, which they don't, because I went on so many awkward dates in my singleness that I honest to goodness was sitting there thinking, why am I here? And this is really uncomfortable for me. And I and I kind of was like crawling in my skin just mm -hmm. being on a date. So what's your blind date rule? How do you avoid yeah. dates? Yeah. So I've been on one really awkward blind date and I don't know if my married friends who set me up on that date will listen to this, but I love her so much, but I just <laughs> don't really know what happened there. <laughs> oh, I had, I had best friends, cousins, people set me up on blind dates that I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yep. Yep. It was like a 45 minute Day. I was like all right I'm done <laughs> bye yeah um but after that I just so most people will come up to me and be like I know this single guy and I feel like nine times out of ten they are just like a breathing male that like they've seen at church um and so I have started to tell people like okay well what or ask people what do you know what their character is like mm -hmm. and so far every time except one um they have either been like oh i actually don't know their character because again they just saw them as a 
single male that what happened to be at church yeah. that was breathing and um <laughs> or they would kind of uh just think oh I actually don't think that their character is that great like oh they Ugh. aren't really that kind or something mm -hmm. and so I think it actually like the people that have come up to me it's been a good reminder for them of like oh this isn't just about like making sure two single people are not single anymore right right it's like right. we need to observe this character and make yeah. sure that it is the right match and I have had one friend that she um, texted me and was like, okay, where are you at with dating? Um, her and her husband had been playing soccer with this guy for like multiple years. And they're like, we've been observing his character for a couple of months. <laughs> and we like, think that it's really good. And we, and so, and that, that guy was in Boise and we did meet and then it didn't like, not, it didn't really go anywhere, but I was so thankful for her yeah. and like doing like yeah. kind of that work and being observing his character um but yeah I just feel like that rule has kept me from a lot of really awkward dates because yeah. I just I guess I'm at a time of my life where I don't really care how many dates I've gone on I would rather be like just live in my life being single than like have this huge line of horrible awful yeah. date sprees yeah just be like, Ugh, how like singleness is mm -hmm. awful or you know dating is awful or whatever yeah it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful when as a single person, any person, <laughs> when any person gets to the point in their life where they've released any sort of idol to the point that they're just like, I'm satisfied in the Lord. I'm content in the Lord. Yes. I want this other thing, whatever that thing may be. Yes. I still hold a desire for marriage or for kids or, you know, for a career or for some kind of I want a massive ministry that makes an impact on the world, or I want this, or I want that. We're humans. We're like, mm -hmm. we're, our hearts are like machines that just produce want. <laughs> yeah. But you've gotten to the point where you know, none of those things are going to satisfy you more than the Lord. And therefore you're able to avoid a lot of not only sin, but uncomfortable situations and waste of time and things that are just not going to be good for you because you're like, I want what's good and healthy and right, mm -hmm. you know, or the Lord, not, or, but you know what I mean? Because I have yeah. the Lord, I don't have to kind of like settle for these other things. And I bet that blows some married people's minds. Like yeah. that you would be willing to say, I'm not going to go on a date just because he's a single Christian guy. Like, is he a mm -hmm. good man? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in that way, I want to encourage you because I think a lot of single people don't know this. In that way, your spiritual maturity and trust in God is a witness to married people. Mm. Like, I didn't realize this until a little bit later in my life, but I was like, this is not me tooting my own horn at all. This is just re facing reality. Just because somebody's married doesn't mean they're more spiritually mature than me. Mm -hmm. And God can use me as a single person to still minister to and even lead these people who are married or have kids. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, your growth in the Lord, your spiritual maturity in the Lord and how much you're letting the Lord shape your life and how much you're loving God with your whole heart and letting God love you back is a witness and a ministry to even married people. You're like, that's a little bit 
of a flip, right? That's a little bit mind blowing to us, but yeah. like, why can't that be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I guess I've never thought about it that way. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. Cause I think, I don't know, I have the ability to like grieve and share my frustrations with singleness, but like on the flip side, again, just being like, but I don't want to just be married just to say I'm married. Yeah. Like I would rather be single than be in a marriage that is not like what the Lord wants for me. Right. And that is a testimony. That's a testimony to even married people who are like, wow, she has a contentment in the Lord that, that maybe I don't even have, maybe I'm putting pressure on my husband. Maybe, maybe I'm, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like, because it's still the same spiritual truth. God is enough for you. Yeah. If you've learned that and there's a married woman who hasn't learned that yet, she's going to be inspired and learn from you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is that makes us think that somehow as single people, we're less spiritually mature or we're lacking, which mm-hmm. is just not true biblically. I mean, a lot of biblical leaders, you know, <laughs> a lot of biblical characters and leaders were single. So we know mm-hmm. that's not true. We know single people aren't spiritually lacking. Um, but the church really kind of sets it up that way because it's like, yeah, only married women are directors of women and women's ministry. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Only, only married, you know, men or women or whatever can lead the youth group. Why? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's this sub subliminal message that makes single people feel like you can't really impact the kingdom unless you're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not true. Man. Um, anything you just want to like share or encourage or tell people what you've been learning yeah um I I would love to encourage uh women specifically women that are probably the last of their friend groups um to be married um I feel like when that time happened for me in the last like year two years Um, I was so filled with joy for my friends because we had been single together for a couple of years um, and we had gone through the struggles of singleness and were each other's like emotional support Um, and then they got engaged and married and I was so filled with joy for them um, but also like had a weird grief like underlying grief throughout all of that time. Um, and it made me feel very selfish. Um, I am guilty of like, why am I feeling this way for like this thing that my friend and I have spoken about and dreamed about for a long time. Um, and I think I realized that I said before I was getting my emotional support from this person and they were getting it from me and then they got married and that transferred to their husband, which is how it should be. But I felt like I was getting the short end of the stick in all of these like marriages where my friends were going off and I was just kind of on this little island alone having to do even more to seek out that emotional support Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and with that came a lot of grief of these relationships were changing everything in life felt like it was changing for everyone else except for me um you're saying you felt guilty about the grief yes yeah Like, I just felt like I was like, why am I feeling this? Um, Because everything was changing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like looking back, it's like, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, Everything was changing and change is hard. And Um, you do lose a little bit of a closeness with a friend when they initially get married. So yeah, totally. Yeah. And like your, your relationship will change. Um, and so, but like fast forward going through that, um, it has led me an opportunity to talk with other single women that are either the last of their friend group or the last of their siblings to get married and to reach out to them. And I always say like, okay, I don't want to like put these emotions on you. Um, but if you are feeling this weird grief, just know you're not the only one like that, like you're, yeah, you're not alone in that. Mm -hmm. And every time they've come back being like, I just thought, again, I thought I was a really selfish person for feeling this way. And so then it's been opened up some really good conversations of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're, you're not alone in these feelings and it's really hard and change is hard. Um, and relationships are changing. Um, so good, but yeah, it it will be okay, but it's just very hard during that time. That's a really good, I'm so glad that you've learned that because I don't know where that would come from that guilt or like, I'm just a really selfish person. It's like, no, you can be really happy for your friend that they got married or even that they, you know, had a kid or bought a house or anything Mm -hmm. and still be sad that that thing isn't happening for you. And in Mm -hmm. fact, that sadness is what drives us to the Lord. That sadness Mm -hmm. is what roots out things in our heart. I mean, that sadness is important and I'm, I'm just glad. I'm really glad to hear that. And I'm glad that you shared that so that other, other people who are listening, like, no, you don't have to feel bad if you're struggling a little bit or sad that all your friends are getting married, that you're not, we can be happy for them. You sound like you did a better job at it than me. I mean, shoot. I was like, I went through these phases of time where I'm like, no, I'm not going to a baby shower. <laughs> no, I'm oh, not. Yeah. Going to a wedding. <laughs> oh yeah. I did that. Uh-huh. I was like, I can't do one more thing. Like Sorry. on a level, I was happy for them, but I was really dealing with you know, that feeling left out and that jealousy. And it's a good thing that I dealt with it because it was in the dealing with it. I didn't, me personally, I didn't sit there and feel guilty about it. I was just like, Lord, I know jealousy is not good. So let's deal with this jealousy, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, it has been such a pleasure. I mean, the Lord's, I, I just, it's when I talk to you or anybody who's articulate about their journey, it takes me right back. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> what I was for all those years. And I can just feel it, you know, I can just feel the, the glory and, and sort of the beauty of it all, but also it's constantly just a tension of, of still kind of like waiting on the Lord. And yet some days you're so happy and so satisfied and so fulfilled. And then there's, there can be another day where it's just like, it all hits you again. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet you are trusting the Lord and loving the Lord and the Lord's getting glory out of your life. So I just want to keep, I'm going to keep praying for you that he continues to use you mightily for the kingdom. And that if, and when, you know, there's a good man out there for you someday, it doesn't matter where you live. The Lord can do, you know, the Lord can do it. So yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end today, guys. 
Make sure you check the show notes for links to everything that we referenced today and especially to the free community. It's called Not Alone and it's actually free. So if you haven't joined that, do it right now. Also, there are so many women out there whose hearts are longing for this community and for this content. So help us get the word out. Rate or review this podcast right now and or share it on your socials. Let's keep growing this community and being the change that we want to see and encouraging hearts that need it. See you guys next week.